We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to the new episode of Home Visit with Tyler Siski and the Associates. Today, we got Matt Dudek, the Senior Executive Director of Recruiting at Mississippi State, joining us, a guy that's uh, been around in the Big Ten, been around in the Pac-12, uh, at Rutgers, Pittsburgh, been around everywhere, uh, just finishing up his first year at Mississippi State. I want to spend some time with him talking about recruiting. Uh, spring recruiting is coming up. It's going to be really the first time in the last three years that uh, college coaches have been able to get out. So we want to talk a lot about recruiting today. Got some great information from him on that. I think it's really cool for the fans to get some insight on how the planning goes and everything that goes into strategies and things like that. And what a great interview. Had a great time with him. Uh, when we finish up with him, we'll get back. We cannot have an episode this week without talking about my man Tiger Woods and the update where we're at with Tiger uh, coming into the Masters this weekend. I want to talk a little bit about a viral video uh, from a football camp that's come out over the weekend that's gotten 3.3 million views. Uh, talk a little bit about that, and then we'll close this thing out and get you guys out of here. So sit back and relax and enjoy this week's episode of Home Visit. Joined today by my man, the Senior Executive Director of Football Recruiting at Mississippi State, Matt Dudek. Matt, how we doing, brother? Great. What a BS title that is, huh? I mean, it's, it's unbelievable. Hey, I, right? I, I don't I'm know not. what it is about titles. I don't care. I always said I did not care as long <laughs> as the, the zeros were and the commas were in the correct place and the, it was enough zeros at the end of it. They could call me whatever. I, I wholeheartedly believe that as well. And, and, and this is coming from the guy that uh, was the first general manager in college football yeah. history, right? Uh, by title. Like, I don't, I don't care. Like, it's totally irrelevant. I, w- I will say, Tyler. I'm honored uh, to be your last guest ever on this podcast because I assume you're at the bottom of the barrel. But this has to be the very last one. So I'm honored to be the last guest on your podcast. <laughs> no, I actually we did we did uh, uh, Billy High last year that was at North Carolina. I like doing I like bringing in personnel guys, especially when it gets close to spring recruiting. Um, and this is sure. home visit. And we talk about recruiting a ton. 
but I wanted to have you on here. I think you're one of the best in the business. Um, I really do. And not just saying that I've always thought that I think you're a guy that <clears throat> has always evaluated very well and keep a realistic view on it. Uh, and there's not a, I, I was kind of the same way. I was uh, Mr. Reality. So I like the, I like that type of style. Uh, let's talk a little bit about where you've been. You started out born and raised in Pittsburgh, right? That's right. Born and raised in Pittsburgh. I uh, went to the University of Pittsburgh. Uh, did not work for the Pitt football team as an undergrad. Didn't know the jobs existed. And really the jobs that a lot of the kids have now uh, made myself sound old right there. Um, a lot of the jobs that exist now didn't exist back yeah. then, right? In 1999, 2003. Uh, but I wish I would have got something with like maybe a equipment manager or something like that. I just didn't know what this didn't know they existed. Um, so I did that. Um, and then I went to work for a Fortune 500 company. Uh, where I was the assistant to the CEO and general manager at 22, go. which was awesome. Living in Scottsdale, traveling the country, uh, in charge of $100 million auctions, in charge of hiring and firing people that were in the industry longer than I was alive. That was fun. Um, you know, so it, it was weird, like walking in and like an old grizzled guy, you know, like they could definitely beat my ass at any given moment. I'm like, hey, man, we're going to have to let you go. It's like, you don't even know how to run a crane. You're right. I don't. But this guy over here does, and we're firing you and hiring him. So I don't, I don't know. Yeah, that had to be fun. Um, it was uh, it was interesting, to say the least. It was an interesting time. Uh, I, I made some really poor decisions, made great, great money. And uh, instead of investing and buying, you know, buying areas in the desert of Scottsdale where there's multi-million dollar houses, I went to, you know, Long John Silver's in the casino. Bought a bunch of DVDs. Fast and Fear. I had a Mitsubishi Spider Eclipse okay. convertible because that was cool. Um, the, the, so I don't know why I had that. I, I would have much rather had, you know, five plots of land in the desert, not as a 40 year old guy now, but you know, you live and you learn. Love it. I love it. All right. So you were at Arizona with our good friend, Rich Rod. And uh, right. I, know, I know we got some good stories. We're going to save those. Okay. We're going to save those for the end. Okay. All right. All right Cause All I know right. you were with him for a while and then you went to Michigan. Okay. When right. we, we skipped a, we skipped a stop of Rutgers in there, but uh, went to That's Michigan, right. and now you've been at, got it state last year, right? Like last April, is that correct? I almost on my one year anniversary. How about that? Yes. Yeah, you made, made it a whole year. That's like you're a dinosaur these yes. days in, in the coaching profession. No, there's no excuse, no kidding. Maybe they'll no give kidding. you two classes there. I, I, th I think I'll be okay. I think uh, you know my contract says I'll be okay for a little while. Just watch too, out so. for anybody trying to pee in the end zone after touchdowns. That's not. It doesn't work well in that end zone down there. I just want to let you know. I've heard that. I've actually heard that. That was before my time, <laughs> it but I've heard it. support well for future employment, just so you know. <laughs> All right. One thing I want to let the fans in on, and this is why I really, you know, spring recruiting is about to get ready to ramp up. Um, and it's been a while. I mean, this is what we've been three years. This is, I mean, almost three years um, with, we've missed two, but this is basically spent three years since anybody's gone out for spring evaluation. Um, kind of what I want to talk about is kind of like, so the fans know, you're allowed 168 days, okay, to spring evaluate. And that's not – and that's per coach. So if you have 10 coaches go on the road that day, that's 10 days, okay? So you have to yeah. – uh, guys like you, you have to sit there and you have to organize where we're going, what we're doing, and you got to keep track of those days. Um, since it's been three years, what's changed or what are you kind of like looking at as far as what's going to be different, I guess, post-pandemic, post-transfer portal, post-NIL, kind of what's your uh, philosophy or what are you going to try to accomplish here in the next uh, couple of months? Yeah, I think it's, I think what's changed the most is that um, early signing period, right? So we really had one or two years of the early signing period and it's not nearly what it is today. 
So we get a lot of that work in January of just seeing a guy, body typing a guy uh, that the, with the underclassmen, because you're already done with your class right. most times um, in that first part. So I'd say that that piece is good, but now you're going back for that second time, seeing how they've grown, seeing how they've uh, developed. Uh, really getting in and talking to the coaches. It's hard in January because there are schools that are still recruiting, so coaches aren't as available. There isn't film or, uh, practice uh, or lifting in January when you go. Usually they're coming off their season. They really don't start that stuff up till February-ish uh, to lead into their spring ball if their state has it. So really getting into schools, one, it, it, it gets lost a lot of the time, but tra uh, getting transcripts, um, really getting transcripts in the spring evaluation. I, I've actually talked to our coach. I actually put out the days each coach has. I did that last week, uh, the last week of March. It gives them a month before we go out. And then uh, I reiterated to get transcripts. And it's not about to see what a kid is. I don't, if he's a 1-8 or a 2-5 or a 4-0, it doesn't necessarily stop his recruitment, but you can help his recruitment. Hey, let me help you get on a plan. What's the plan for this guy? You know, as you know, right. right? So that piece right there, transcript wise, uh, very, uh, now we're in a place where those junior evaluations postseason really happened in after the January period that you were out on the road. So now we're going in and all those evaluations, hey, let's verify his height. Let's verify his speed. Let's verify his change of direction. Does he love football? All those things. We're going to go into the schools, talk to the high school coaches, clean that up. Now we've been doing it by right. phone and all those things, but there's a different vibe face-to-face. No -face. And, then, and then secondly, um, verifying, hey, I, can you have them run 40 for us? Or can you, what day are you doing your pro day at your school so I can come and get all of your guys? Uh, what's the height and weight? Seeing them on the old cinder block wall. Every cinder block's 12 inches tall. You put them on a cinder, okay? You don't even have to have a measuring tape. You just know, okay, that's about, all right, he's so about you, six Now four. you're showing your age, okay, because I'm team cinder oh, yeah. block. There's how many, and that's a, that's a great, I'm glad you brought that up, okay? This is the difference between yeah. us old farts and then all these young guys. Yeah. They don't know that. You can you can stand right. the guy up like when the center block wall and you don't and you can tell the coach says, Well, he's six one. Well, I know if he's below that six that six notch in the wall, he's not six one. You know, he's probably five eleven, five right. eleven and a half. And especially when you count when they got their shoes on. So um that's a good that's a good trick. There you see we're you're telling all the we're yeah. telling all the trade secrets to the to the young bucks of the world, man. I'm happy to help the young bucks. They need it. They do need it. So I'm, I'm kind of jealous them. that you got a hundred. You have 168 day, days to work with because I don't know if I ever had 168 days. We always had to take secondary violations everywhere I've been. So I've been, yeah. <laughs> I've been down to. Uh, I won't. I won't say what school I was located at, but the head coach came to me um, late February and says, "Hey, I know you're getting ready to start planning for spring recruiting. Just so you know, I wouldn't plan for more than 150 days." And I was like, what are you talking about? We get up 168. He goes, well, I'm going to use those extra 18 for some secondary violations. So, yeah. So uh, I was like, oh, okay. I've been there plenty of times. Some, uh, one or two, my fault. Uh, mostly not. Yes, my fault. Yeah. You yes. just, hey, you just, it is what it is. And, and, and uh, if that's the case, you got to go 150. It's, it's plenty. It's time to get it done. And you, it really yeah, is. And funny. you brought up another, another interesting point that I want to make sure the fans understand is you can actually, in spring recruiting, when you go out, you got to remember that the film that you evaluated, especially these juniors, was back in November. Okay, and they're right. 16, 17 years old. And when you're 16 and 17 years old, you can grow a lot from November to yep. April or May. I mean, that's a good six month stretch yep. there, and they have a growth spurt. Um, I remember I got a I got a kid at South Alabama that was just an average 
I would say he was an average safety. Okay, he was like six foot, 170 pounds as a junior. Uh, graded him as a reevaluate kind of guy, monitor guy. And I show back up. I go to the school actually to see someone else that we were recruiting. Yep. And I was like, holy shit. I said, Coach, who, who is this cat? And it was this big, just big, pretty joker playing outside backer. He's like, oh, well, that's Taji. And I was like, the safety? He's like, yeah, well, he's, you know, 6'4", 240 playing outside backer. I mean, he'd grown four inches and put on 40 or 50 pounds in six months. I mean, it was like, I was like, <laughs> Is it is it natural testosterone being developed or is it unnatural? You know what are we doing here? But right, you can get right. guys that develop late uh, and grow, and that's why it's important to go there and see those guys. All right. So have you noticed like a difference um, in strategies as far as what you're going to try to accomplish based on the pandemic and based on you know because what you've I guess what I'm trying to say is you know you've basically done spring you know quote unquote spring recruiting through a pandemic for two years. Okay, and you yeah. got a lot of guys that are new um, as far as, you know, they've on your staff probably have never worked together going out. It, besides, you know, talking about transcripts and getting those things and, and, and focusing those deals, are you having to spend some time trying with the coaches trying to say, hey, this is what we're trying to accomplish this spring? Yeah, I think we definitely we've done that already. I'm going to keep following up uh, right now. We're in the I'm letting them plan their stage. Uh, this just so you know. This is the first time since Mike Leach and the staff has been here, and we've had coaches change over. They've had zero spring recruiting. We've had one January recruit, you know, so we haven't been on the road. We haven't hit every school in Mississippi yet. We haven't, uh, short of Coach Hughes, who's a, a mainstay um, in the state, we haven't gone and hit our entire Alabama area yet. We haven't gone and hit our entire Georgia area or uh, worked through Memphis. We haven't done those things yet because we haven't been had the opportunity. And uh, that. We just started going out in the fall. In the fall, we basically have the bye week. You know, you can get out a little bit locally um, otherwise, but you have the bye week, so you're going to see actual right. players during the bye week. You're not going to schools necessarily. And then the following uh, in December, hey, you're closing your class out, so you're doing that. January, you're starting to look at those those guys. But really, I mean, we're only out two – it's only two weeks in January, so how much work can you get done in that time period? And, again, still looking for, you know, some seniors and those kind of things. And then – yeah, really, it's the first spring they've had. But, yeah, we're sitting down and talking about, like, those pieces of, of really getting in, making sure our brand's being seen, uh, making sure the coach that – because inevitably they'll be the coach that, that forgot about the pandemic. I haven't seen you guys in four years. Well, Coach, that uh, was three staffs ago, um, and uh, I, and there was a pandemic in between. Uh, we're here now, and we'll, be, we'll come by every spring, we promise. And if you have a player, we'll come by every fall and win, winter too, you know, so – I think that getting back with those guys and just getting that rhythm again, it's, it's, everyone's going to be a little rusty at it, uh, reminding them of the rules. You know, you can't talk to the kids, those kind of things. Um, but that piece, uh, I think, I think we're going to be okay, but uh, really the planning stage of it, because it's not, it's, it's different between spring recruiting right. and winter recruiting um, is it's planned. It's dictated and not very much takes you off of that plan. Um, I mean, as you know, right. So it's, it's one of those deals that, hey, we're going to go through all these schools, all these kids, and inevitably there'll be, what, five kids that pop up like, hey, let's have the D.C. cancel that visit and go over here to get eyes on them so we can we can offer them or whatever the case may be. Um, but really, it's really planned instead of mass chaos and just trying to get in people's houses and spend a whole day with one kid. And I mean, you're hitting five, six, seven schools a day. Uh, if you're doing it right, you're at a morning lift at 6 a.m. and you're at a track practice at 5 p.m. Uh, yeah. If you're doing it. that's called always used to use it, you know, I was to say is, you know, uh, 
contact period is more like laser guided missiles. You know, you're going in to see specific yep. kids and, and spending a lot of time with a very small target. And then spring recruiting is like carpet bombing. I mean, you're just, you're just, yep. you know, it's spreading. And then you mentioned something too, that that's, I've seen a lot of schools doing, getting ready for this spring is a lot of high school coaches like, well, we haven't seen you guys in three years or whatever it is. It's because of the spring recruiting period has been taken away. And so you get to go by and visit with coaches and establish those relationships inside your areas and how, I mean, and you look and normally you go through this with a new staff. Okay. So, you, you know, go get on a new staff that first spring, you're, you're starting relationships. And it's so odd right now because some coaches are going into their third season, like, like coach Leach and their schools probably in the state that they haven't had a chance to really get to because when it comes down to actually the time on the road that they've been able to go, it's been laser guided missiles going to get the guys you're going to sign and not being able to spend a time with the coaches in the area. And I think it's important for high school coaches to know that, that I think you'll see a ton this spring of, I guess, schools almost trying to reestablish their home base, you know, reestablish their home right. court. Uh, a lot of in-state recruiting. Um, again, I'm not going to say who it is. Another SEC school I, I've, uh, that, that uses our service, uh, they're they're going to be, you know, first two weeks is just nothing but in-state. You know, they're going to they're gonna knock out in-state recruiting and uh, reestablishing their home base. So I think that's a yeah. – You'll see that the, the old blitz, yeah. right? The old all ten coaches on the road. Here's our two hundred schools in the in the in the state, or five hundred schools. You got these ten. Go. I mean, just yeah. You'll see that too. I, I think we're gonna be uh, we're gonna be a little more calculated than we will hit them all. Um, but it's one of those deals that uh, we're not gonna do the old blitz because uh, again we we want to we want to get to every, everywhere we need to be and and, and coach Hughes again. I mean, he's he has yeah, most he, of the state. So he's been, uh, he's been to he's the Godfather. He, yeah, he's I mean, been to a couple schools in Mississippi before. I think he'll be all right. He knows he, knows, he doesn't need a GPS to get he around. Knows, he knows their dad. He knows their kids. He knows the coach. He knows their uncle. Yeah, we'll be okay. Yeah. All right. One thing I want to talk to you about, and I thought it was very interesting. You and I talked uh, several weeks ago, um, actually during the contact period, <clears throat> about this, and it was something I just found interesting because I've spent you know my career in the South, and you've been you know Pac-12, Big Ten. I mean, you've been everywhere, right? And we were talking about official yeah. visit strategies, you know, when to bring the kid in and all that stuff. And I always said, you know, in the South, and you, you kind of hit me on the forehead with it. Um, I always said in the South, I was like, look, I told the coaches, I was, you know, if we can't, we got three dates in December. And if we can't get that kid on a visit in December on those three dates, we're not getting him. And so there's no need to practice yeah. recruiting. And then you brought up a great uh, point about being in the North and being not really in transit school. You mind sharing that with the, with the uh, fans? Yeah, I hope I hope I remember right. So it's uh, if it was a good point, correct me if I'm getting off the wrong path here. Um, as I say so much on a daily basis, I don't remember what I said. Um, but you know, being uh, being at Michigan, for example, I mean, we were we were kind of pushing for the summer visits. Um, we were pushing because a, a couple of reasons. One, uh, we would recruit all of spring um, to get those guys to that summer visit, and that summer visit we would have twenty five guys. And my last my last big weekend at, at Michigan in the summer before the pandemic and everything, we had twenty five guys and twenty one of them committed on that weekend. Now we knew a lot of that was going to happen, um, but the ingrained ability of a lot of those guys too. It's the Big Ten more than really anywhere. If you're recruiting a kid in the Big Ten footprint, um, they're often ingrained in that footprint. Whereas the SEC Atlanta is a transient community. 
Pac-12, Phoenix, a transient community. Denver's a transient community. Nashville is a transient community. Whereas if you're recruiting a kid from Northeast Ohio, he's his grandma lives there, his great-grandma lives there. So there's that, there's that, you don't have to worry about them wanting to take additional visits or whatever the case may be as much. I mean, it's still recruiting, right? Um, but getting those guys there in the summer, also, there's no prettier time in Michigan than June 21st. You know, there's no, there's no snow, there's no anything. And then you try to work for that second visit uh, to come to a game, right? And then obviously, as you know, game day visits, game day visits are in the, in, in the kid's mind. I got to get to this game for my official visit. That's great until you play on Friday night, you spend all night driving somewhere, right? Or whatever the case may be, you wake up, we're waking you up early. We have a whole schedule we got to get through with you. So you're waking up at eight, nine o'clock, eating breakfast, games at noon. How many of our games are at noon in the SEC? All of them, uh, practically, right? 80% are at noon or at one o'clock, whatever the case may be. So, so then you're rushing to that. And then your post game, you're, we're rushing through that. And all these towns, I mean, it's post game, it's, it's, it's mass chaos with all the fans, which is awesome. It's a great vibe to be around all those things, but it's not that one-on-one. And then Sunday we're getting you in, we're doing the one-on-one stuff. We're doing the football stuff. um, And then we're getting you on the road. So the visit is almost wasted on those game day visits. And then December uh, here, here's the thing. uh, I I think this is maybe where you're going with this in December, our December visits and our guys that signed in um, at the early signing period, 21 guys in our class were committed to somewhere. uh, I'm sorry. 12 of our 21 guys that signed in our class were committed somewhere else before they came here. So the later, in my mind, in the SEC model, the later, the better in this thing. You want to get them early. You want to get them to a game. You want, and, and it's easy, right? And you want to get them to the game because, I mean, shoot, I don't know. I, I was just talking to my wife about this. We're so close. Four-hour radius from this place is like everything. It's like New Orleans. It's practically Atlanta. It's Memphis. It's Nashville. It's, I mean, so you're going to get those kids to be able to drive in for that noon game. You know, they don't have to wake up at 2 a.m. to get here. Um, and, and that, that piece too, is also, you start, you start shooting your visits in the summer. You start shooting them at the beginning of the season. We'll come in the season. Like, I just want to go to a game. I just want to go to the, the, the egg bowl, you know, and I want to go on a visit to the, you know, eh, I'll just take a visit. It's no big deal, coach. I'm just going on a visit. You know, I'm just going to eat steaks and going, it's no, well, yeah, it is a big deal. We don't want you going on another visit. You already visited you in September because you said you were done. So basically kind of cultivating that the later is better uh pac 12 i mean i think the pac 12 region I, I i don't know that i would do uh i wasn't there for early visits but i don't i know at arizona i wouldn't be bringing a kid in in june uh, for, for a 20 degree uh visit i know that would be the warm. case um obviously a little little hot little like considering you spend the entire for the southern california kids that you recruit in the denver and the uh, uh the kids that are non-desert kids you spend the whole time during that recruitment. Go, oh, bro, it's not that bad. 120 kids. It's it's not even hot, man. It's so cool in the morning at night. Ah, it's no pr- no humidity, man. No humidity. It's fine. So uh, I would think that I would imagine the Pac-12 model got to be silly, beautiful weather all year round, right? Just just like in the South. So I'd imagine their later is better too. But I can't say. I can't yeah, that's that. where because we were talking about. You know, I'd gone to a golf tournament last year. I went to the Memorial Golf Tournament in Columbus, Ohio. And I was at the restaurant and Ohio State had, you know, 30 people in on an official visit. And I was like, yeah. I mean, it's June. And I was sitting here going like, what are we doing? Right. And um, 
And then when I talked to you about it, and it made so much sense with the weather. And then transient, they're not able to get there for the games and things like that. So you have to do those things. And um, I just thought it was interesting, you know, how different the strategies can be based on where you're located geographically in the country. So I appreciate you sharing that. All right, here's a good one for you. I know this this one's probably going to go viral. So if you could change any NCAA recruiting rule, you get, they call you up, they say, Matt, you can change any NCAA recruiting rule on the board. What are you changing? Mm-hmm. <laughs> There's so many that are rushing through my head. Yeah. My favorite one. Is there just one? Just one? Favorite, there is not just one. Um, I, I wanted to share one because people lost this one. They forgot the old, the old guys. We remember this one, uh, but the, the young guys have no idea. And this isn't a recruiting role, but a, a but a, a team role. There used to be a time before unlimited meals that you were allowed to provide uh, stuff post lift, right? right? Meals, not not even snacks post lift, right? Walk ons weren't allowed to eat, which is yeah. crazy. Hey, come come do all this stuff, and we can't give you a protein shake at the end. <laughs> Whatever, it was crazy. But my favorite was, and, and Rich, you know, I know you, uh, Rich was like, it's this drove Rich mad. I mean, it was crazy. It was. You could give kids bagels, you can give them bread, but you could not provide any spread for the bagel. This is fact. I and people think we're going to think we're joking here. You could provide the kids a bagel, but you couldn't provide them the cream cheese to put on the bagel. And people, yeah. that was an NCAA rule. Yeah, and no way around it. I mean, literally, I mean, like, I, I remember seeing kids, like, pull out or having peanut butter jars in their yeah. In their in their lockers that they would go to, you know, wherever Walmart or whatever, buy a big thing of and it and like two or three guys scooping out and sharing peanut butter and all. I'm like, what is going on? And now we're talking, we're all the way to NIL, which yeah, I say exactly. wrong most of the time. So we we have pretty much expanded that 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 no uh, spread in about 10 years. It's gone from no spread to like literal spread. Yeah, yeah. You know, so it's worked out pretty good. But the one rule, God. You know, I'll use the one that's most recent in my head because I do a little presentation when uh, kids come to campus. Um, the official visit travel okay. rule. Okay, we're we're allowed to uh, buy a ticket, plane ticket, or provide transportation to campus for the prospect plus two, yep. so three total. Right, you're allowed to do that, but you're allowed to provide food, housing, and game tickets to the prospect plus the two travelers plus two more people. How the hell these other two people are getting to campus? Is totally it makes no sense. Obviously, if they jump in a car, or, but we can't buy their plane ticket. But once you're here, we can take full care of you. So buy the thousand dollar ticket uh, that we can't buy for some unknown reason, and uh, we'll feed you and house you. And, and I think that one's like it just doesn't make it. Just say it's three tickets. Just say it's or say it's five. Say it's five plane tickets. Say it's like that doesn't make any sense to me. And you I can provide that. the car service, and they can all if you could get if they can all fit in the car, they can come. But you can't right. can't fly them. Though. Correct. Game flying. Fly. You can go fly send a freaking limo to go pick him up. Allegedly. Correct. You can send a massive. <laughs> that's more you than me, but you can send a Escalade to pick him yeah. up. No problem. Do that. That's called a limo service. Uh, that's what it, we're referring to as a limo service. Limo yeah. service. Not a limo. Correct. I want to make sure um, I'm that, clear about that. That rule still. Yes. What is another rule? Oh, uh, the evaluation period not being able to talk to kids. Yeah. It's that's that, that's that's my that's it's all this does is set people up for failure. I mean, it just that's one of the worst, you know, and that's the whole bump rule. Um, you know, before we 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 covered some of that a long time ago, but a lot of we got a lot of new listeners since then. You know, the bump rule 
it's probably the most broken rule in the history of mankind. You know, you're supposed to, you know, well, look, if you're Mississippi State and you're going to uh, Florida to go see a kid, all right, and you call the coach outside your area, you know, a national recruit or whatever, the coach is going to tell the kid, hey, Mississippi State's coming tomorrow. Well, that kid's going to be around. He wants you to see him. And if he comes up and says hello to him, you're supposed to act like a statue and act like you can't see the kid. It's the – things happen naturally. Now, you go into a shut room with a guy, and I get that. Okay, you sit down with him. Right. I understand that right. rule and all that stuff. But not to be able to shake a kid's hand and act cordial and act like a normal human being. I think normal interaction right. should be allowed. Now, again, you close the door, all that stuff, which that rule's broken a bunch too now. Um, but it, right. if but the bump rule is completely there's so much gray area in it, and then they they're very picky on what they hammer and what they don't hammer. Um, and so, yeah. uh, been a part of that one a bunch too. So I understand that one. I think if I could change if I could change one though, I think it's going to be the photo shoot. I think that's the one that I would like to. Oh. Are you having fun with those yeah. yet? No, we. Uh, I they're actually they're fine. They're good, and, and it, it makes it. it it fills time for the guys. They enjoy doing it. And, and really, I've actually kind of been less because grumpy about it. it. Uh, over, <laughs> uh, well, I think it's, I think it's more, be, give or take, um, but I think it's more because I'm kind of taking it from a different approach. It used to be like, okay, hey, man, like you, you've had seven photo shoots. Hey, like, I mean, do you, what, what more do you need? Like, why, why, hey, you're not even coming here or we're not even taking you. Why are we doing this? Um, and, it, and it's chaos. But I've actually in the last two months, it really, I, I kind of have a gauge. Like in my mind, I'm trying to, it's, it's, it's content for them. I mean, that's yeah. what kids want now, right? It's content for their brand, which again is, is a little fuzzy. Um, a lot of these kids will never have a brand. They want to have a brand, but they're never going to have a brand. Um, so, but like I look at it as like, Hey, this is part of their journey for, NIL, it's part of their journey for their future. So I'm trying to be a little more flexible, a little more less rigid, less old, less old guy uh, with it. You know, these young kids, all they want to do is get pictures. They don't care about academics and football. Like, I mean, I'm trying to be less of that guy um, and more of, hey, let's let's do it the right way. Let's let's we don't have to limit, not have limitations, but have expectations as we're doing it for them. Let's not get a kid that's never going to play here. Um, and put him in head to toe gear for two and a half hours. Let's give him the uppers. Let him let him get his couple of pictures, and let's move about our day. Uh, like on yeah. time junior days and things like that. Those kind of get kind of get bigger, you know. So, um, yeah, I think that I do believe that that role um, will save people a lot of time um, if if it can be a rule of hey, that can only happen on official visits. You know, like you, that's the only time you get. Yes. I think that's and that's really easy to really easy to keep track of it's really easy for us to go hey man can't do anything gotta wait till official visit and then that encourages guys to come to back to official visits um and encourages guys like hey there's something to, there's there's something to do when a kid visits 12 times and you've done everything i mean you're literally just hanging out with them at that point which is also a really good sign if he visits 12 times um i would say if hey his official visit there's something new for him when he gets here beyond feeding them yeah, or whatever. it's not really it wasn't really the photo shoot that got me um, and it was always, it's a, it's a giant production. Okay. It takes a lot of organization and it was the pop-up yep. photo shoot. It was the one that, yeah. you know, you wasn't planning for, you know, a kid shows up. It was, and they're always in the most inopportune times, like in the middle of camp, like while you're out there trying to evaluate players, yeah. this guy's not, 
you know, this guy's sitting out. He's not participating in camp. He wants to do his photo shoot. Or <clears throat> the worst, yeah. and I won't say – I won't tell who the kid is, but he is a player. You know, he, he – we were in the middle of a game, okay? I didn't know this occurred until after the game. And the kid's in the stands, and in the middle of the game decides he wants to get – in the middle of the first quarter, he wants to go have a photo shoot in the middle of the first quarter of a game. And so they take him down there and do a photo shoot in the middle of the game. And I'm like, I mean, what are we doing? And, you know, and then the kid left right after the photo shoot. And so, and I was like, oh. you know, well, we're not getting a guy. I don't know why I even want to do a photo shoot. If we, I mean, he had no intentions, you know, of coming. So that happened when I was here at Ole Miss um, uh, one year. So that was fun. All right. <laughs> what's the difference? You've been in the Pac-12, uh, Big Ten, and now the SEC. What do you see? What's, what's the big difference? Or do you even see a difference in recruiting in those three? I know we talked about some strategies and, and things like that. But what difference do you see between those three leagues running recruiting? I would say there's a very big difference between the three. I didn't, I didn't know. Um, I didn't expect there to be when I got here. Um, I definitely knew there was one from big uh, PAC 12 to big 10. Uh, I felt it immediately. I understood it immediately uh, here. I didn't think I'm like, ah, well, sure. The SEC is the league, right? It's the, it's, it means more and all those things. Uh, I was expecting it to be very similar. Um, I would say, so like I, I, like I said earlier, big 10 guys are ingrained in the footprint, right? So, your guy, they're going to stay in the footprint for the most part. I don't know what the percentages are, um, but, you know, they grew up a Michigan fan, a Ohio State fan, a Penn State fan, a Purdue fan. Hell, George Kerlaftis would, came uh, to Michigan 10 times, right? I mean, he came, it was us and them at the end, and and he ended up going to where he was from, where he grew up a fan, where he had kid, pictures when he was a five-year-old kid. Uh, so it's really ingrained, no transient. Um, I think that that piece there um pack 12 wise um it's very over recruited um the pack 12 is very over recruited because um it's uh how do i said there's there there's only isolated populations of good football on the, on the west that. coast and i'm not saying there's less just southern california great so then every pack 12 school every mountain west school heck and then the national guys every sec right. every big 10 every big 12 they're going in and recruiting LA, going in and recruiting San Diego, going and recruiting the Bay, going and recruiting Seattle, uh, coming in and recruiting Phoenix. Uh, so it's it's over recruited because you get the whole East Coast coming to the West Coast for those guys. Um, and, and 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 it's not about the kids themselves, but there's a, there's just a lot of people uh, that are involved in their recruitments, uh, seven on seven coaches and trainers, and because it's it just it's just a different style, and it's not that it's not everywhere. It's just my experience there 10 years ago was that's as the seven on yeah. sevens and the, and the mentors and the trainers, but that was just coming up like 10 years ago. So that's my direct experience out there. Um, but I would say it's over recruited, not by the quality of kids or the number of kids, because it's, I'm not saying that they're as good of players as anywhere in the country. It's just that there are more teams coming. I have less teams coming in the miss. I don't have UCLA right. coming to Mississippi. Right. I don't, but, but Mississippi state might go, to LA right. for a kid, you know, this is going to go to LA for a kid like that. You don't have the opposite. So that piece there for sure. And then the SEC, I think what's really unique is in this footprint, uh, almost more than anywhere is it's all, it's closer than anywhere else in the country. Right. Right. It's, it's your four hours from every, you're, you're basically take Florida out. Right. But our four hours here at Mississippi is Louisiana, Tennessee, Mississippi, Alabama, and Georgia. 
right? And that you can get your whole, if you don't get your whole class from there, I don't know what you're doing. And then same with Florida, their whole course is all Florida, South Carolina, Georgia, part of Alabama, right? So I think you can get your whole classes here, whereas everywhere else, I don't know if that's necessarily the case um, because of the population. Also in the SEC, I'm, I'm finding more, how do I say, I guess raw players. And I don't mean, again, I don't mean less than, I just think, I just mean like they're going to grow into something different uh, for whatever reason it may be. Maybe the football is not as good. Maybe they're not eating as much. Maybe they, there's no, there's very few short of Atlanta, right? Atlanta got a big population of these guys and it's Florida too, I guess, but there's not personal training. There's not 20 personal training uh, facilities in Starkville and in Oxford, um, heck in Baton Rouge, you know, there's not, there's not those, those things. Whereas in Michigan, where you have to work out indoors some of the years, I mean, there's 15 personal trainers in the Detroit area and in Columbus, the same deal. And heck, in the middle of it, 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 around Pittsburgh and Philadelphia, there's, I mean, there's exponential amount of those ones. So I think that that's what the difference is, is they're just not playing football year round here. And it's again, not, it, there's just not that, that specialized training year round. So they develop not slower, just different, right? It's right. like, Hey, this guy's going to, to grow and he's going to get better and every time you see him he's a little bit better every camp he goes to he gets a little bit better you only get better by playing football by training football i mean right i mean that's that's, that's the reality of it, right so um, i think that's that's something i probably see the most here uh more so than anywhere else interesting yeah you're located right in the middle of it you know i used to call them mississippi right. specials i know i told you about that when you got the job last yep. year i mean you're gonna have camps and guys are gonna show up you've never even heard of and which is crazy to think of and you're like who yep. the hell is that guy Yep. And, you know, it's, it's happened. I mean, it happens every year. Every year I've been at Ole Miss, you know, when I was with Hugh and then back with Matt, we had camps. We would have people show up. And, like, you didn't maybe have heard of the name. Maybe you hadn't. You know, there was a guy that was a pretty good player at Mississippi State. His name was Chris Jones. You know, he was – I heard of him. Yeah, he was okay. He was a pretty good player. But, like, the guy literally did not have a rivals like profile or two, you know, back then they don't know if they two four seven eight started back then, but maybe it had, but the guy didn't even have a profile until after he finished his senior year. I mean, these guys just come out of nowhere and it's just, you know, it's, it's a cool, it's a unique thing. So if you're, if you like them, then, you know, if you're a good evaluator and you like seeing them in person, you can, you can make some hay on some, on some guys in a hurry, especially yeah. in this state. All right. Speaking of let's, let's talk about this. I think this is a great question. Okay. Interested to get your take on this uh, since you've been through it one year here. You've been a part of some some very historic rivalries, okay, in your career um, that are, you know, Michigan, Ohio State, you know, Arizona, Arizona State, whatever, historic rivalries everywhere. Where does the Egg Bowl rank for you in, like, rivalries? Because it's, it's, I try to explain this to the fans is one of the, I guess, the bad parts about our job is we, we turn in, like, with me when I'm out of it, I'm a fan of no one. You know, I don't, you know, I kind of, I pull for people, you know, yep. more people yep. that I know, coaches I know, more than I do teams. Um, so interested to get your take on this. You know, it, it's, it's pretty, uh, so it's also Pitt, West Virginia, backyard brawl yeah. too. Right? Yeah. So I mean, you have that piece. I would say, again, I've had one, right. I've had one so far. Um, it was volatile. Um, it was, I look forward to going to Oxford this year. Um, I would man. Trying to so let, let me let me start with let me start with Arizona Arizona State the Territorial Cup, uh, incredible oldest trophy game in the country, uh, incredible. Got to win the game if you're either team. Say any of these rivals games, right. you got to be your rival, all that stuff. Um, 
if both teams aren't competing for the Pac-12, the stadiums aren't full. I mean, like it's, you know, it's, you know, it, you, it's not as, it's not as crazy. It's not as personal. Uh, you know, a lot of people in the communities don't care, um, especially, especially a transit community like Phoenix, right? Like it's, all right, they're just going for a hike. You know, they, they, man, it's, it, they're, just, they're just sitting outside today. You know, it's whatever. It's, ah, it's Thanksgiving weekend. I, we, yeah, we put it on and we maybe won't put it on. Um, and I'm not devaluing it because there's a lot of diehards there, but I wouldn't walk somewhere wearing an Arizona hat in, in Phoenix in May and someone said, we beat your ass. Yeah. I mean, that wouldn't happen. Right. Yeah. Like, just no, it just wouldn't happen there. Um, unfortunately with Michigan, Ohio state, I was never on the positive side of that one. Um, luckily I helped build the team that, that, that broke the streak there. So that's great. But, um, I would say even that one, right. Uh, it's not the same state it's nationally it's, you got to win. That. I mean, it's, it's, it's right. one of those national rivalries, all those things. Right. Um, it's a big deal. It's a grandiose deal. Um, it's a big deal because of what it was when Bo Schembechler was there. Right. And, and like the, the 10 year war and those things, right. That that's why it's really big. Um, again, I could wear a Michigan hat to Ohio and in, in May and odds are, if it wasn't Columbus, I wouldn't get someone to tell me to go, you know, F myself or whatever the case may be. And, and Ohio state fan can come through Ann Arbor and it would be fine too. Um, I didn't feel like I feared for my life coming in and out of the stadium um, or anything like that. You know, it was, you know, it was what it was. Um, uh, Pitt, West Virginia. Um, I mean, that one's a little personal because it's my alma mater, uh, but even still two totally different, you know, they're not, it's not the same state, right? There's right. state lines in between it. Um, and my sister, heck, my sister and my sister-in-law both went to West Virginia uh, my wife and I both went to pit. So we literally have the backyard brawl. It's back this year for the first time. Literally um, in the backyard. Literally in the backyard. Yes. <laughs> you know, I've said some pretty terrible things to them on those days, which I'm, I'm, I'm not going to I was going to say, I'm not proud of. I'm absolutely <laughs> proud of. Um, but uh, especially when we beat them 39. Sorry, Rich. Uh, sorry, Raquel. Um, but it's uh, one of those days. Um, but no, it's one of those deals that I think that that one, same deal, right? It's, 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 it, people care about it. If both teams are good, people care about it uh to for bragging rights but it's not it's not to that standard where you know you do fear that no better place than when you drive uh in a, in a bus into morgantown west virginia and you see three generations flicking you off like a 10 year old a 40 year old and a 60 year old that warms your heart a little bit you know so that's a pretty good deal um but it's it's not every year anymore right so it's not it's not volatile and all those things so what i'll say is Boy, if you wear a Mississippi State hat to Oxford, you're going to get someone that says something. If you wear a Ole Miss hat in 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 Starkville or or Biloxi or wherever, and you're the opposite, oh, you're going to get some um, of our baseball teams uh, are playing each other. You're going to get some. Hell, I went to the softball game with my daughters when we swept them uh, two weekends ago, and we took a broom and we were swinging it in the stands. You know, I mean, it runs deep, right? I mean, it and it's and it's very yeah. I like that a little bit of fun, you know. <laughs> Football girls appreciate we're, 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 That's what we're getting with this. Yeah, so I think it's it's every day. It's every day. Um, it's an everyday situation. Um, it's uh, uh, not everybody lives in Starkville. It's a Mississippi State person. Not everybody lives in Oxford. It's an Ole Miss person. Um, it's an everyday battle. It's an everyday uh, fight uh, with you know on all of, all of our sports. Um, it, it's the, the what I don't quite understand is you know the. I guess we're the we're the agriculture school. They're the professional school, or whatever the case may be, and that's all fine and good. They're both pretty uh, pretty good academically in what we do um, and what they do. 
Um, but like, it's, it's an everyday thing, you know? I mean, it, hell, if I'm driving through Starkville and I see an old Miss, like, license plate, I'm like, hell with that, dude. That guy's an asshole. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, and I'm not even maroon and white. I've been maroon and white for a year. But that's how I feel, right? I mean, it's like, it's like, it's just what it is. And, and they would say the same, well, I'll look at this guy, you know? So I go back to the farm or whatever. Yeah, shut up. You don't, uh, I hate to break it to you. Starkville and Oxford look like exactly the same place. Uh, you know, it's, 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 I don't know what the difference is, but that's fine. Yeah, I get you know, for me, the I guess, you know, I've been a part of some, but the biggest one to me coming, you know, that I grew up in was Auburn, Alabama. Sure. And, you know, for, you know, really for 51 weeks a year, everything's normal. You get along, you know, you had, you know, my dad's Alabama fan, my mom's Auburn fan, you know, I, even though yeah. I went to Auburn, all that stuff, right? And then I ended up coaching in Alabama later on. But for 51 weeks a year, you get along with everybody, you there you treat everybody the same everybody's normal oh he's an Alabama fan but you just move on or he's an Auburn fan you just move on now the week of the game there's some shit talking and then yeah. you know the Sunday Monday Tuesday after maybe but by Wednesday everybody's kind of forgotten about it and yeah. you know it kind of then you just move on here <laughs> I've been here on two different stops it's personal like if you see like clicks of people that hang out with each other like they only hang out with Ole Miss people or they only hang out with Mississippi state people. And they genuinely there, there's like a genuine dislike for, for human beings. Like it's, yes. it's personal. And then like every other, like with this game, both teams could, could be Oh, and 11 coming in the game. Exactly. Right. All right. And then whoever wins that game, man, they had a great year. They're state champs. They're, 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 the, they're, they're the champs. champs. I mean, they, yep. it's like, I, I, that's something that always kind of, I don't know. It didn't bother me, but I was like, guys, there's a bigger goal. I mean, yes, we want to win this game. It's our rival game. Yes. You know, especially for the fans and how important it is, but you know, you got to get, you know, to be, get to that next level. You got to understand that it's, it's, it's just a game in the process that you're trying to do. Is it important? Yes. But you, the goal should not be going five and five, going to the game five and six and and hoping to win that game to be bowl eligible. That should not be the goal of the game. And it should be, you know, going into the game, you know, either undefeated or trying to get to the college football playoff or getting to the SEC championship game or whatever it is, that should be the goal. And that's just another game of process. But taking it uh, serious is is a, a serious understatement. Um, I've, I've just never been a part of one where they take it. They're so passionate and there's genuine and dislike amongst yeah. people based on what colors they wear. And, uh, you know, it's it's fun though. It, it makes it it makes it for an interesting thing. I mean, for sure. I can't wait to go to Oxford this year. I hope someone throws a battery at me. I mean, I want it all. Give okay. me it all. I love it. The worst that you got lucky. The worst. I wish they would do this. And I, I'm probably going. You know, so Ole Miss fans love me, and then they hate me, and then they love me, and they hate me, and then they hate me, and they hate me, and they. There's a lot more hate than like still. But the, I tell you this, I'm gonna get some love here. Ole Miss should move the student section back to where it was at the beginning, coming out of the tunnel. So much more difficult from an opposing standpoint coming into that, into that uh, stadium when the uh, student section was over. Um, I guess that would—I don't even know what end zone it is—away from the one they're at now. Um, but that it was, you know, it was about you know boosters and getting seats and all that stuff. And I get that too. But uh, the students being where they located it was a much rowdier environment, and they were right on your tunnel. And so it was, you know, because really now where they're at, they they don't have much impact on the game. Uh, because they're, you know, you never go down there unless you're in the end zone, and or you're coming out. But you would have got hit by something. I got hit by a water bottle when I came in when I was at Alabama one time, so it was it was fun. 
They're not. They're not scared. They're not. They're not beyond doing that. Does given speaking of does you know what you know what drives me nuts? Do you do you get a do you actually get a headache at the ball games with the Cowboys? I don't. I don't actually. I got I got pretty. I was smart. The first game, someone said, "Hey, this is pretty wild, right?" And I'm like, "Yeah, I, I, I've heard that from everyone who's been here." So I was a little proactive. Took a couple ibuprofen before the game, right? And then as the season went on, I didn't. Um, it's it's music to my ears. On the other sideline, probably on. a nightmare. I, I I absolutely look. I'll I'll, I'll say it. Uh, it is. I love it. I really do. I'm not even forget the logos I'm wearing. It's inc- it's an incredible college football environment. Yeah, this is not about the logo. I don't care if you were if you were if you were no, it's awesome. Auburn ringing cowbells. I just the cowbell noise just gets gives me a headache. It's great. Now on the other on the other side Maybe of it, that's though, the, the point of it. That's exactly the point, right? And the but the, like, like let me use a, when I was been a visitor, um, like Penn State Whiteout game. Probably I probably shouldn't say anything nice about it, especially because I don't really care for them. But that's beside the point. But I would say that um, that whiteout game, incredible. You don't want to be a visitor there. It's miserable. You have a headache. The ground shakes. You're miserable. It's loud. And it's nightmarish. All those things. I, I'm giving them a recruiting pitch right now, unfortunately. But that's crazy. Whereas the cowbells are just as loud, easily just as loud. Music to my ears. There's no way when we turn off. There's no way I have to get you off the air to admit that that's not music to your ears. There's I swear no to God, I, 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 ref, I refuse to do it. I'm not even doing it. I'm sending you a cowbell, as a matter of fact. <laughs> I, I just, I don't know, man. I just, it, when it gets, I've been, I was trying to count my games. I've been there uh, yesterday. When we went, we went there with South Alabama and beat Mississippi State, and there was nobody in the stands. It probably the crowd wasn't very raucous that day ever, even when the game was close. Uh, went there with Alabama one time, and it was rocking the whole time. I had a massive headache. Went there uh, – actually, when I was at Ole Miss, I only went there one time, the way the schedules worked out. And that was, uh, you know, when you get – when you pee in the end zone, all that fun stuff. But I had a headache on multiple levels that day. But, yeah, it was pretty bad that day too. So, all right, moving on. Let's let's move on before we get you out of here. I want to I catch a couple of things. Um, I want to talk about the transfer portal. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of your thoughts on it and roster management, how it affects it and how everything's changed. Um, and, you know, from your eyes, you're having to sit in the seat now going through all this. Kind of where, where are you at with the transfer portal and roster management? Yeah, I think that it's uh, it's the most overhyped thing in college football right now. Um, I'll, I'll say that. Um, uh, just from a standpoint of just the – it's not the transfer portal. It's the immediate eligibility that made it, that made it relevant, right? So – um, there's always been transfers. I mean, there's always been, now there's a database of transfers, right? So um, I think that piece right there, that's what, the, but the immediate eligibility is the thing that makes it relevant. Um, without that, it's not, it's just a database of all the kids that are leaving your program as they always have, you know? So I'd say uh, roster management wise, I think everyone's taking a different approach to it. Um, uh, we're taking the the approach of, you know, somewhere between three and eight guys a year, depending on who, what, when, where. Uh, treating it like old school JUCO recruiting to some degree, um, where you're going to fill in blanks uh, where you think you need need a little more depth, need a starter, those kind of things. Um, not attacking it uh, for just the sake of attacking it. Um, and again, well, I don't have a problem saying. I mean, I know obviously Lane and Ole Miss are have a completely different approach, and uh, Mel Tucker at Miss, uh, Michigan State have a completely different approach. And it's to be determined which one's right, which one's wrong. Um, but I think that you, know, you got to keep in mind that you can't, once you get into it, you know, you're into it forever. You know, and same with Juco recruiting back in, 10 years ago, 
if you're taking five a year, that means you're taking five away from your future every year. So if you're taking 10, 12, 14 a year, you're in it forever, uh, transfer portal wise. And that's, so, and, and again, it's, it's to be determined, you know, I, the, the argument can be made, well, you know, they're college players versus high school players, you know, all of those things. I get all that stuff. Um, but you know, I just don't know if that's the way to build a culture, build a program. Uh, it's not what coach Leach wants. So that's not what we're doing right now. And, and quite honestly, I think that a lot of these players are, or anybody with production is getting over recruited. Now, some guys very much, are, I mean, damn well should be over recruited. Michael right. Trick, for example, that guy, yeah, he should, he should be re recruited like he was out of high school. There's no doubt. Baller. Yeah, great dude, great player, right? I mean, I shouldn't be saying anything nice, but he is, right? But <laughs> see, that's what people, that's what the old, because, you know, you got a lot of us fans listening too. So that's the thing. You're a fair, you're, you're an honest guy. I like it. You, you'll call, yeah, you call it like you see it. You're not just hating, is, on, hating on Ole Miss because you hate on Ole Miss. You call it like you No. No. I mean, there's a million other reasons, but that's not one of them. Um, but it's, uh, it's one of those – I can't help myself. Know, right? It's but, awesome. But it's one of those deals also that it's – you know, you can't take bad players to take bad players just to take a spot. You know, right. they, they've taken some guys, in, that, in my opinion, in my humble opinion, there's some guys that I, I looked at, watched, and I'm like, no, absolutely not. Why would we take this guy? Now, maybe the position they're in, we're in better shape than they're in and all those things. Right. but. Um, I mean, when you're talking about a guy from in, in April and, and, and you have schools like Auburn, uh, Ole Miss, Mississippi State, LSU uh, for a, a, a one-year starting safety from Southeast Missouri State, what are we talking about? Like, I mean, it's, I mean is that guy really going to make that much of an impact on your program? And maybe it is. Maybe you have right. some really big goals or whatever. But, like, that's where it's, it's hard. Uh, you got, you got, are, are we willing to sacrifice a guy that's going to develop our culture develop all those things for a guy that's going to be a one or two done that really isn't the player that he's not coming in as the second Sean Taylor. You know what I mean? It's, right. No, ain't he's, no doubt. He's just a guy, you know, what, what do you do? But Hey, the, the, you got to win now, you know, as, as, as this, as this industry is, is shown at the NFL level at our level, heck at the high school level, if you're not winning now, you're not going to be here to see those guys develop in three or four or five years to make that decision. So, I mean, it's, I think there's got to be a fine line, and that's the way we're approaching it. Yeah, there's a – and you you hit the nail on the head. You know, you're damned if you do, damned if you don't. And right. um, so the trick is, you know, if you go heavy portal, which we got – you know, there's several schools that are doing that, it it, it decreases your margin of error. Okay, so you you got to hit. You can't, yep. you can't miss on portal guys. Yep. You know, when you're taking more high school guys, you got ability to miss a little bit and then process those guys and move on to the next, next position because um, you have time and you just don't have the, the luxury of time with those guys. So when you bring in a portal guy, you cannot miss on him because um, right. now you're stuck with him for, for a good bit. So I'd be interested to see, you know, like you said, let's see what happens three, four, five years from now. And then with the roster numbers, you know, are we going to be able to, you know, if you're that how heavy in the portal, where does your 85 start? getting jacked up with with roster numbers so absolutely uh, time will tell i know i got my opinion i've, I've made it well known here and uh, it is what it is but you know talking about that and then I'm, I'm gonna mention this briefly i don't know if this has nothing to do with football but you're seeing the immediate eligibility with a portal um lsu has zero scholarship basketball players left on our team right all now. that i saw that pop up my feed just yesterday i mean i mean I don't know, you know, and I think you're, you're going to have sports like basketball where they only have 13 on scholarship. That's when you have coaching changes or for whatever reason, and you look at a like LSU was primed for it. Now, does the NCAA feel sorry for LSU? No. Probably not. Not even a little bit. 
they're over there laughing, going, yeah, this is what I wanted to happen. And so you got, but the problem is, is where I got frustrated and, and I guess I wish we could do something from an NCAA perspective is so now all the coaches are gone. So you're bringing in a new coach. All the players are gone, right? So now you're bringing every, a brand new scene, but who's getting punished here? Right. Okay. Kids and uh, coaches that had nothing to do with the action. Right. And so, you know, Will Wade's going to be able to go coach in the NBA if he wants to. If he gets a 75-year show calls, he'll just go coach for the for the Grizzlies or somebody. I don't know. I'm just throwing that out there. But he can go coach and continue his career and probably in the NBA very easily. All right. And you got players that move on and go and they're going to start at other places. But now you got basically the logos getting punished for something yeah. that somebody inside the logo did. And I, I just wish we could – this, you know, bill that got proposed that we, we talked about a little bit last week that was getting done is going to try to Congress is going to try to do some things to try to alleviate that. But it's got to be done that way because you're going to be stuck with kids and coaches that had nothing to do with it. Right. Holding the bag. So. All right. Last thing I want to get I want to talk about something funny and then we'll get you out of here. All right. Okay. Uh, who who you work for Rich Rod. Yep. You work for Harbaugh and yep. now Mike Leach. Who's giving you the oh. best? Who's giving you the Ooh. best ass ripping? I, I mean, don't leave uh, Shiano out of that. Oh, equation. Greg Shiano. I can't I keep leaving him out of there. I love I love Greg so much. He's, he's, uh, he's a notorious ass ripper too. Who, who's he's a notorious ass ripper too? Um who's giving you the best one? Uh oof. so Greg was awesome to me. I was only there a short period of time. I probably wasn't in the building long enough for him to rip. I was only there for the season. Uh, and we were good and we were doing good recruiting. So I didn't get any ass rippings from Greg, which was encouraging. Interesting. But I watched him rip some asses, but it wasn't mine, so it's fine. Um, Rich's ass rippings are incredible. Um, I love them because it's so like, it's so like, it's like, a, it's like it burns hot, like, boom, here it goes, right? So it's, you know, it's it's whatever the case may be. Um, he storms around, stomps his feet, throws something <laughs> at you. And then it's like two minutes later, it's like, Hey, by the way, we have the ice cream truck coming uh, about 10 minutes from now if you guys want to go get some ice cream. Uh, Coach, literally, I thought I was packing my shit uh, to leave. Um, but, yeah, I'll get a Nutty Buddy bar, I guess. I mean, it's like, you know, so that I would say with Rich, it burns hot. Uh, I, I got a couple from him. Uh, not so many, but definitely a couple. Uh, Coach Leach, uh, I'll, I'll save a big one for last, I guess. Coach is awesome. Uh, I've received zero from Coach Leach. Um, he is awesome. I love working for him. Uh, literally everything. I'm not saying because he's he's here. I'm not saying it because I'm wearing the logo. Um, it has been refreshing and awesome to be here with him. Uh, seeing uh, seeing him how seeing how successful he's been forever, and seeing how the building works in that. I'm uh, pretty excited about that. I would say uh, from a whole hardball, um, probably Jim definitely gave the the biggest ass rippings uh, to me to everyone. Um, it's uh, you know. It's a it's an uncomfortable place to work most of the time, I would say. Um, you know, he beats things to death. Uh, God forbid you make a mistake because he will club you over the head with that mistake until the next person makes a mistake. And then he will club them over the head uh, until the next mistake happens. Um, but that that constant uncomfortability where you've seen also you've seen guys disappear out of the building. I heck, I was a part of helping some people disappear out of the building. Um yeah, when you're asking him, you're like, well, my whole life just changed. I'm out of here. Uh, thanks for having me. You know, it's uh, and that makes you uncomfortable. That's good. 
that's good stuff. Yeah, I love Rich, man. He he does. He he can run hot, and then he'll forget about it two seconds later. I mean, it's it's. I mean, like that's the. I mean, that's it. Practice too. I mean, I can't tell you how many times I've seen cover three, throw the seam, and you throw up the papers, and it's. I don't even didn't know that my whole life. Not a quarterback, uh, very below average high school football player. I now know, and it's ingrained in my heart. If there's cover three, throw, you the, throw the damn seam. If you've I ever been around him, ever. Ever, you know that forever, and and again, I mean it's the same. I mean, I I've, I can't remember who the coach was. I God, I wish I could remember who the coach was. New coach on staff in Arizona. Rich has one of the uh, spring day spring practice. Uh, call it practice six. Uh, it's scripted for him to be the meanest he could possibly be. You know, it's funny because one day is the ice cream truck. One day is the as mean as he could possibly be. One day we stop early and go swimming. You know, it's 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 you know it's fun deal, right? Um, I mean, he is just. Literally, anybody out there—the guy spotting the ball, the guy running the camera, the muse—everybody got it that day. I mean, just lit the whole place on fire for two and a half straight hours. And like, I'm walking up. He calls everybody up at the end. I'm walking up with the new coach. God, I remember. I wish I could remember who it was. Um, at any rate, I'm not. I'm really not avoiding his name. I, I just don't remember. And they're like, "Oh my God, what?" Was- Hey, is it like it's like this all the time? Like, what's going on? Like, like, am I in trouble? Like, he, he, I feel like he got on me more than anybody. You know, like he's whispering to me. And then he gets up and he, you know, turns around, takes his hat off, puts his hat back on, looks at the team, and goes, "All right, guys, good practice. Really appreciate the work today, coaches. Really good job too. Love the energy. All right, we're gonna get back at it in a couple of days from now. <laughs> Third out on three. One, two, three. Um, the guy's head was like. Like what? Like I don't under what? Like it was, it was so good. It, it was so good. That's the thing. You know, a lot of people that, you know, we were, I got to work with him for a year here. And if you, if you only saw him at practice, you know, especially spring practice, you'd be like, oh, this guy, but he is, I always joke. I, he, he was like a 20 year old version, 20 year older version of me. I just loved the way, I mean, cause when he got in the, like, you couldn't find a human being inside that building that didn't love him to death. You can't find right. one. And you can't find one that wouldn't fight and take a bullet for the guy. I mean, he is the most lovable human being ever. And he's very good. He has the best candy stash in his office that has ever existed. He has, like, the real Reese Cups, Kit Kats, Hershey bars. He goes right down down the list for me. But, uh, yeah, he he would – but he is – I enjoyed watching him coach during practice to see, like, he could – because he got the most out of his players. And he challenged him, and he didn't do that with everybody. That was the thing is, like, he he knew who he could push and who he couldn't, yeah. and he was just a master at motivation with those kids. And it was, and they loved, they loved that. You can't find one. You can't find one that said, "I don't like Rich Rodriguez." You can't find one. And he's a you got to be comfortable being uncomfortable. That's it. And you got to be out there with a hard edge, and cover three, throw the same. That's ingrained it. in my, I might, I think I'm inadvertently ingraining that into my daughters. <laughs> like, like I mean, just. I can't tell you how many times like we're like training for soccer, softball with my young daughters, and like um, oh, I whining. I'm like, you gotta be comfortable being uncomfortable. Sometimes it's just hard, you know. And it's like, and it's, I mean, it just it's coming out of me. I love it. Yeah, I, I need to, I need to pick up. I got, I got my kids wearing hard edge headbands, you know. So we're we we got a bunch of those at the house. He, he gave me a love bunch. It. So we're 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 full we're full fledged hard edge. Well, man, I've kept you long enough, man. I appreciate the hell out of your time today. Um, and don't, don't, uh, go too crazy when you have 75 kids show up for a photo shoot on Thursday afternoon. Just, no problem. Just, Come on guys. Let's go. Just get them. Come on. Just, let's, let's go. Let's go. Come on. Get, the photo booth is open. Come on. Let's go. <laughs> well, I appreciate the hell out of you brother and, uh, look forward to getting, I'm going to try to get, get you back on here another time.
Absolutely. Anytime. All right. I want to thank Matt for joining us. Uh, we had about 14 other topics we could have talked about. I really could have taken this a long time. Uh, so we'll try to get him back on, kind of finish up. I want to talk a little bit about with NIL and stuff like that we could have got into um, and some more roster management things, but had to get him out of here, and he was very gracious with his time. He's been around a lot of places. Uh, him and I are similar ages, and uh, he just is a vet and understands recruiting at all levels in different leagues, and I think it's awesome to get his perspective. And I enjoy visiting with him because when you spend time in different leagues, and we spent some time on this as well, I thought it was awesome about how your strategy changes based on what league you're in, uh, what school you're at, geography and where you're located and things like that. All right, so this week, as you know, when the people listening that, that know me, I have a major Tiger Woods problem. He is by far, if I'm a fan of anything, I'm a fan of Tigers. I uh, have always been, and it's, it's actually borderline insane. So I am ecstatic about the possibility of him playing and uh, kind of caught me off guard, to be honest with you, um, after he did his interview at the Genesis, uh, his tournament that he hosts back in February was very, you know, vague about it. Didn't think he would be coming back. He was still limping. And then about two weeks ago, nobody was talking about it. Everybody assumed he wasn't going to play. And then the initial list came out and all the former major winners that were not playing immediately dropped out. But Tiger was still on the entry list. And then two weeks ago, a video came out of him walking with Joey LaCava, his caddy, at Medalist down at his home course. And everybody's like, wait a minute, maybe he's going to try to play. And then he, he sends out the tweet uh, Sunday morning saying that he's going to Augusta to continue preparations and he will be a game-time decision. Guys, he's got to play. I don't know. I'm going to try not to jinx it. I've been trying not to talk about it because I want him to play so bad. But I will tell you this. The Masters released uh, photos of him playing a practice round Sunday afternoon, uh, and he was on number 12 dropping balls in the bunker trying to chip into the Sunday pin placement. So he's not practicing chipping into the Sunday pin placement on 12 unless he's intending to play on Sunday. So uh, he's not doing all this to play in the par three and go home. So as long as he holds up and with it being a leg, I think he will be able to hold up. Uh, swing looks good. As far, as far as I know about swings, he looks like the old tiger. Let's go get it. I do want to temper expectations. Let's don't get crazy and think the guy should go out and win the Masters when he hasn't played golf after almost you know having his amp, uh, leg amputated in a car accident. But just what a phenomenal athlete. And hopefully next week when we come back on the podcast, we're going to be able to give a little tiger update that he's wearing another green jacket. But let's don't get ahead of ourselves. It's just a great – accomplishment being a uh, going through everything he's gone through and the competitor and being able to, to come back. And it's, it's an amazing in, in itself that he's going to be able to go and compete at the Masters. So I'm excited about that. I will watch every shot. So if anybody needs me Thursday and he's on the golf course, I probably will have my phone on Do Not Disturb. Uh, and so the people that know me know that well. The last thing I want to talk about is there's a viral video going around that I saw. And I actually think I saw uh, Neil McCready uh, retweeted it. I think that's how I saw it on my feed. And it just made me a little nauseous at my stomach. And there was a video from Athlete Swag. And this is an account that has over 200,000 followers on Twitter. And it was from some camp um, that we're, we're doing one-on-ones. And it has a, it's a video. And you have these coaches around here with these videos that are videoing these kids and, and the corner and the receiver in some shoving match before the rep starts. 
So we, we let that go on, let that continue there without talking to them. We just wanted to video it with our phone. Then the, the DB is a foot off sides, at least, maybe two feet. And you see this at camps where these kids, they want to try to press on the receiver and they'll go. And he like literally tackles the guy, like puts his arms around him and drives him back. And that's not football. And we have people celebrating the fact that he locked him down. All right. I coach receivers for a long time. That never happens. You know, at practice every once in a while, you'll get some old guy that tries to physical jam and really go flat foot on a guy, but nobody's running anybody out of bounds. If your feet are that far forward, you're going to get pulled by and you're going to get scored on. It's man-to-man, blitz coverage, coverage zero, whatever you call it. That's not real football, and we're celebrating the fact that he's locking them down, and, and people are filming this thing. Coaches, adults are filming this thing instead of correcting them. That's not football. That'll never happen in a game ever, not one time. And nobody can show me where that's happened ever. Because if a corner does that, he's going to get beat every time because of where his weight's located. It's just not real football, and we're celebrating the fact that a guy's basically getting going to get penalized. There's like nine flags. I mean, you can call it holding, call it pass interference. You can call personal fouls. I mean, he had all kinds of penalties that have been thrown on that, but we let it go on. And if you coach receivers, you know it's kind of like when you get in practice and you're doing one-on-ones and there's no, there's no punishment for getting beat on the rep, and they'll grab and they'll hold because there's nobody out there throwing flags or whatever it is. And so I encourage all the – if you're a high school coach or you're a college coach and you're doing one-on-ones with wide receivers, DBs, or you're at these camps, bring an official and let them learn because that's the only way they're going to learn. But we have to be better as parents and mentors or street agents, whatever you call yourselves, that are around these kids at these camps because it's not college coaches and it's nine times out of ten not the high school coach not allowing stuff like that to go on because the kids, they're not learning anything. And we, and we got to, if we're, if we're there to get better, let's get better. And that's not making anybody better. That's just showing that we don't know what we're talking about. And we're teaching bad habits to kids instead of teaching them what they need to be successful and move on in life. Guys, I want to make sure you uh, remember to follow us on home visit Siski on Twitter. Also go to our uh, YouTube page, Home Visit with Tyler Siskin and Associates on YouTube. You can check us out on MPW Digital and all your stuff. Make sure you remember to leave us our three-star review because we love it so much. And until next time, take care. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.